Hello, lovely listeners. This is Alessandra McLaughlin, the Patron Services Manager at the New Con- at New Conservatory Theater Center. When I'm not making sure your ticketing, be they digital or physical, needs are taken care of, I'm a freelance director and arts administrator and get to do really cool stuff like this. Welcome to our bonus episode of In Good Company. Today in our bonus episode, we have coming at you the tech team that worked tirelessly behind the scenes for the podcast and to give you everything you need. With us today, we have Carlos Aceves, uh, NCTC's technical director, who also worked on In Good Company. Carlos helps source equipment, helping actors with the setup of said equipment to work with our recording platform, as well as assisting the sound designer with engineering and troubleshooting during the recording process. Which brings us to our next guest, sound designer Kaylin Thibodeau, Uh, So not only did he help the actors achieve vocal greatness, but we also created the soundscape that gave the show atmosphere and made the story whole. And last, but certainly not least, we have Stephanie DeNoyers, who is NCTC's production manager and casting coordinator, as well as the writing room assistant, making sure all changes got made and rehearsal writing stayed on track. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, For the listeners, you can't see their faces, but I can, and they're lovely people. So I'm going to start off uh, with a question for you, Kaylin. Uh, so I know you have experience with podcasts and using and doing your own podcasts and things like that. But what was it like to work on this one that had a very specific like script and actors and it was following a sort of structure like that? What was, you know, making theater but digital? How was that mm-hmm. for you? Um, well, uh, luckily it was, it wasn't a huge, a huge, uh, transition, uh, because, uh, when I was, uh, a younger man, uh, in, uh, in college, actually my survival job was working in radio. Uh, there was actually some That's of my, my first jobs in, 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 uh, in my youth. Um, and I, I kind of did that as my survival job sort of all, all through college while I was getting my theater degree. Um, so, um, it was something I kind of did. You know, and and a lot of that, I mean, well, that's not necessarily like this long form. You know, a lot of that kind of stuff is scripted. You know, where you're dealing with commercials or PSAs or or different things like that. I was a DJ for a while, uh, and and some of that stuff is is scripted. But um, the big difference with this was that it was so long. There were, you know, uh, I think originally when we talked about doing it, it was going to be like you know, five episodes. And then that was doubled by the time we kind of like got rolling on stuff, you know? So uh, it became like this kind of, so this huge uh, undertaking, which, uh, you know, I kind of felt like I had the skills for, but I was like, boy, do I have just like the, you know, um, the stamina to do all this? Cause it's going from like doing, you know, a 30 second spot or, or a, a one minute spot or even this, I think it was just more um, uh, just the, the length of everything and kind of putting it, putting it all together and kind of putting this huge, all of these pieces together into this huge thing. Awesome. And it transitions me perfectly to my next question, which is for Carlos. Uh, you know, you're our TD. You do all these sort of amazing things, including sound, lights, projections, every scenic element. You pull it together, props, costume. The list goes on and on. Painting. I've seen you, you know, move heavy pieces of wood throughout the space when we were in the space. It's, it's wild. What was it like to take all of those skills that I know you have and move them into a completely digital format, you know, obviously because sound and, and lighting can be heavily digital, but what was it like to take those, that skill set that you have and move it completely into this new element? You know, it's interesting. Um, as a TD, you're always providing creative solutions to technical problems. That's true. And I think that's a great way to describe the job. <laughs> in this instance, um, the biggest challenge was doing the process remotely. 
of what would normally take place within a studio. So that's sort of where I initially put my uh, energies on. So, you know, like sourcing the equipment, uh, figuring out what we need, uh, the time that it would take to get it set up so that Kalen would then have uh, the infrastructure that he needs in order to be able to, you know, record and uh, and design. Um, and uh, in some ways, that's one of the parts that I enjoy the most about TDing, that no, so no two shows have the same challenges. There's always something, always you something know, new. something new. It's like this new concept. You know, the um, director and designers could all decide that they want to do a show uh, where every actor is inside a box of plexiglass, right? Uh, outside of a pandemic theater. That could be a concept. That could be something that gets thrown at you as a TD. So then, you know, your challenge and uh, your job is to figure out how to accomplish that, or if it's accomplishable. In this case, um, you know, um, we talked about a couple of different approaches. We eventually settled with doing everything completely remotely, uh, which simplified a lot of um, a lot of uh, problems, but also created new problems. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it was. Um, uh, navigating those that um, probably turned out to be the most work um, from my end. But, you know, ultimately, once we got a uh, system developed and we were on a roll, it was, um, you know, something that felt like, oh, you know, we can we can do this. You know, this is something that not only uh, we're getting what we need, but it's something that we can build upon if we decide to do this again or do something like this, but, you know, um, uh, with different layers. Definitely. <laughs> you were actually the writing room assistant here, which is cool. I know you've stage managed a lot and, you know, you and I have talked about your experiences there and things like that, but, you know, having the task of keeping writers on track and making sure edits are getting handed in and things are happening and tracking, because you're also tracking as the rehearsal's going along, you know, where has that differed from you for you? Because I think you and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you've worked on a couple of world premieres. What where has that differed, you know, in this from those experiences? From experiences where like you're actually sitting in a room with a writer and actors, as here it's all digital. Yeah, so I think with most of my world premiere experiences, it's been um, like one playwright coming to the process with a script and then um, making adjustments um, as the script gets discovered in the rehearsal process. Um, and so this process was different uh, because there were five playwrights and Ed as our director um, all coming into the room with thoughts and ideas, you know, around this central concept. Um, and so our early sessions were really just focused on brainstorming, like, uh, characters and situations and relationships. And then that was built into developing outlines for the episodes. Um, and I think uh, the the discussion of ideas that everyone brought to the room um, was super energizing. And um, it was a really fun challenge for me to try to catch the flurry of ideas while I was note taking. And I think I like significantly improved my typing speed uh, during that process. You got a marketable um, skill. That's great. <laughs> um and so, um, but I think something that really helped us was having parameters like um, a set number of episodes and a timeline um, and kind of like 
gave us like benchmarks um, throughout the process to keep on track. Um, mm-hmm. I think one part that was uh, that was a particular task that that I really enjoyed, and um, I because I just really loved detailed work um, was combing back through the episodes, um, especially once the later episodes were coming in, and like double checking um, that our our global timeline matched up, and also like how long the characters knew each other, and what they knew, and what our listeners knew about them, and making sure that that whole timeline made sense. Um, which was just a really interesting process for me. But um, I think everything just kind of came together because we had like some guidelines, but within those guidelines, there was just a lot of room for creativity and discussion of ideas. Yeah. It seems, it sounds like to me, you were almost playing writing assistant as well as dramaturg, which someone, some would say, and if any of my dramaturg friends are listening to this and they get mad at me about it, I'm sorry. Um, But a lot of dramaturgs that I know, especially that work on new plays, it is that it's the creating the timeline so that the, you know, the structure and the plot stays with the writer. So had you ever done anything like that before, you know, other than working on world premieres, but. Um, I mean, I guess there's always an element of just in, you know, in stage management specifically, like, you know, checking to make sure everything checks out and makes sense and, you know, that props track and enter from the right side of the stage all, yeah. <laughs> like and, and that kind of stuff like that. So, um, but I think, um, I think it was just, it was a really collaborative process in the writer's room. And so I think, um, I don't know that I can necessarily take credit for for being the only dramaturg, but yeah. <laughs> um, but I think um, I think everyone kind of came to it, um, sort of hearing what everyone else was saying, considering that, and then working together to sort of build this outline. I think the part that I had was just making sure it as the episodes were coming together and coming in that like we didn't say somebody knew each other for five years and somewhere else they only knew each other for two months and like yeah. things like that. So all that kind of tracked, you know, throughout the, the whole time span. Mm-hmm. To use metaphors, you kept the train on the track um, and kept everybody on track, which is always, always useful. Now I just have a question for all of you guys. Cause you know, I like talking to you guys and I like asking you questions. Um, I've seen all of you do work on physical stages on, you know, your designs have been heavily featured at NCTC and, you know, we love you guys. What was it like? Cause I've been trying to contextualize it for myself as I move as an artist. What was it like to move from a physical stage to, you know, digital world? And now we're thinking about digital content in a different rate, you know, and take your time. Don't worry. <laughs> a large question um i i think for me it was just the uh i guess you could say the like the increase in responsibility i guess um because normally if i'm just you know if i'm doing a sound design for a play um or even for a musical you know there there are specific uh there's sort of there's sort of a specific job you have and you're you're working toward those things and it's not really like the entire show that you're kind of having to, to, to deal with. Whereas in this case, it's like, you know, I had to be there through the, re- the recording process and, um, and, and taking those recordings and do the, doing the dialogue editing and like deciding, you know, making sort of 
um, I guess you could say directorial decisions in a way of like, you know, what timing was going to be like and who was going to talk over whom and, and things like that and, and how a, a, a scene kind of played and flowed. And so I had to really work with Ed on a lot of that stuff. And there's a lot of back and forth. And um, and yeah, at the end of at the end of it all, it's like I'm creating the one file that is going to be the show and just turning, turning that in as my project. It's <laughs> yeah. nerve-wracking. I've done that with video editing and it's nerve-wracking. You're like, yeah. all right, this is the one. Let's here we go. Pull that. the trigger. Hope everybody likes it. And, you know, <laughs> right, here we go. Version one, you know? Um, yeah. So, so there's, is there's that extra, uh, you know, kind of, I, I guess, uh, stress and responsibility of kind of having the entire show in your hands and, and, and hoping that that doesn't fall apart. And, you know, sometimes feeling like you have, you sort of have the, the show hostage a little bit, you know, it's on my hard drive and nowhere else and everybody's waiting with bated breath of what it's going to sound like, you know? Right. Um, so that, that was the biggest transition for me, certainly. It's just sort of that, that, that workload and that responsibility, you know? To uh, dovetail off of what Kaylin is saying, I think the biggest difference for me is that there's fewer elements into focus, um, whereas on a traditional production, you are trying to look at everything to make sure that nothing falls behind and that everyone's going towards the same mark um, during tech. In this process, it's um, since we only have this one element in focus uh, to make sure that that element is, you know, as um, uh, working as well as it can be, because um, uh, you know our audiences um, ultimately will be <laughs> they only have this one thing to fixate upon and. Uh, any small little tiny thing that's off is um, amplified. So in that way, you know, I I echo the sentiment that it's nerve wracking. You know, <laughs> if um, anything's off, um, especially um, when stuff needs to be when stuff does go wrong, it kind of grinds the process to a halt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we experience that a couple of times. It's not like a traditional tech process where if something is not working, we can kind of move on and go back. Um, um, so I found that, um, I guess, the most um, uh, different in my mind in terms of processes. Yeah. I think um, I, I sort of like view my viewed my role in the like rehearsal recording process as like the stage manager. Um, and for me, you know, with the exception of, you know, not taking blocking and then, you know, eventually not, you know, running the show later, um, the rehearsal process felt very similar to a rehearsal process, you know, making sure that, you know, I'm following the script, that like actors are staying online, that we're keeping to a set schedule and making sure like everyone has what they need to succeed is just what the needs are to succeed has changed. Um, like they don't necessarily need the props in their hand or, you know, such, but, you know, making sure they have a, a space to record in that's conducive to that environment or, you know, making sure, you know, just things like that, um, that we're, you know, keeping with a break schedule, all that kind of, kind of stuff just seem to translate, um, that's, yeah, I think you guys all bring up a really interesting point of now that we move into this digital medium, like I'm even finding within myself and have been inspired by you guys that I've taken the things that I know about live element, live stage productions, whatever, and been like, okay, 
now we've taken out the element of human of this idea that you know at some point in a theater process you just kind of go all right it's going to be what it's going to be and the actors are going to do what they're going to do and the live stage element of it now you do have that nerve-wracking part of where you can sort of micromanage every little bit but how does that change the process so i think you guys brought up a really a lot of really interesting points and sadly our time is over but it was so great talking to you guys. I haven't seen you, some of you, in a while, Kaylin. I haven't seen you in a while, so it's great to talk yeah, to you. And I really, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk about it and give us this bonus episode. And it was really interesting to hear about the process. And for our listeners, thank you for joining us for our bonus episode of In Good Company. We are New Conservatory Theater Center, San Francisco's premier queer theater. You can find more information about us and donate at our website at nctcsf.org. Any donation at this time is very helpful for us bringing you content like this and plenty of other really great stuff. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at New Conservatory Theater Center. Thank you for sharing your time with us.